Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. It's Friday! Yay! Yay! <laughs> happy, happy Friday to you. I'm Carmen LaBerge here with Paul Perot. Good, Good morning, my morning. friend. Good morning. Good morning. What a Woo. week. Yeah, so we have um, what we're just going to call happy exhaustion. Mm-hmm. This is, we're both happily, joyfully exhausted today. Thank you so much for the incredible week um, that you provided, that God gave us to share together in this week of the Faith Radio Fall Fundraiser. So we're going to give many thanks, many, many thanks here in just a moment. But as always, where in the word are you today? Where in the word are you today? That's a really good question to start your day with. Uh, The the day is going to be full of a lot of other questions, a lot of other things vying for your attention. So make sure you give uh, God the attention due. Uh, Do him, do his word. Give him the glory. Spend a little time praising him this morning. That's a great way to warm up your voice, right, with a song of praise. So let's jump into the Growing Your Faith verse of the day, Psalm 143, verses 8 and 10. And this is is an ardent prayer. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it as a prayer to the Father. Um, And so maybe you could, you just pray this with me. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. And and if you're in bed, don't close your eyes because you might fall back to sleep. So, you know, just do this as an open-eyed prayer before the Lord this morning, along with the psalmist in Psalm 143. Let me hear your unfailing love each morning. I am trusting you. Show me where to walk today. I give myself to you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. That's a fantastic, fantastic prayer for each and every day. And so um, let us be lifting up, uh, first of all, these statements of faith. God, I trust you. God, I give myself to you. You are my God. Um, your, Your spirit is gracious to me. Lead me forward on a firm footing. This is an invitation to hear uh, hear the Lord's voice. Let me hear your unfailing love. In order for you to hear uh, of God's unfailing love, you got to put yourself not just in the path of his spirit, but you got to put yourself in his word. And so I want you to get into the word of God today, that the word of God might get into you so that as you get out there into the world that God so loves, you're going to be absolute evidence um, of, of who he is, his presence in, in the world, his transformative power at work in the life of a human being. As God shows you where to walk today, as you give yourself to him, let him use you like to be a, a, a signpost, a, a shiny, bright light, evidence, a living demonstration of, of his kingdom in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. That, that's a, a great way to walk our faith out today um, in the world. Amen. All right. So now it's going to be the many, many thanks portion uh, of, uh, of the program because we have many, many thanks for folks who, um, who gave after, uh, you know, after we went off the air at 6 p.m. yesterday. Um, folks continued to give to the Faith Radio Fall Fundraiser. And so, first of all, thank you so much 
Um, uh, what's the what's the total number of people, Paul, who participated uh, in the in the fall fundraiser? Well, we had thirteen hundred fourteen gifts. That's amazing. One thousand that three hundred fourteen gifts over our four day fall fundraiser. So thank you so much to each and every one of you. Let's say uh, a particular thank you to to Troy in uh, or. Well, we don't know. A person in Troy, Virginia. <laughs> a friend in Troy. A friend Virginia. in Troy, Virginia, who gave a $500 gift. Thank you so much. Emmy from Terry, Mississippi. Mississippi. You know those M those M ones. Now i got to watch for M-O because we got friends in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry in, uh, in, in Mississippi. Oh, no. Emmy in Terry, Mississippi. I'm going to read these correctly here in just a minute. Uh, joined us at that uh, Team 40 giving level. Thank you so much. Paul, I'm going to let you pick up right there. Oh, you, oh sure. Give me that one. <laughs> A.D. Odie. Um, A.D. Odie. How, I, what a cute name, from right? From St. Paul, a new giver. Thank you for your gift. And we have Dwayne from Rosemount, Minnesota. Also, a very generous gift from Valerie from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yay, Valerie. $4,000. Thank That's you awesome. so much for that gift. And then an, a, a $150 anonymous gift from a friend in Minneapolis as well. Awesome. All right, so uh, Beth from Maple Grove, Minnesota, thank you for your $100 gift. Kevin and Wendy from Fertile, Minnesota, thank you for your $200 pledge. Uh, And so here's what I know. All of those gifts were actually included in that uncapped match hour at the end of the Faith Radio Fall Fundraiser. So every single one of those gifts were doubled. And maybe you've been waiting to hear that, um, you know, whether or not your gift was in on that uncapped match. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Diane uh, gave when she could um, from Canby, Oregon. Um, thank you so much for going uh, to MyFaithRadio.com and giving your $50 mm-hmm. gift. Um, absolutely, we are going to, um, we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to lift up the prayer that you offered there as well. Um, thank you to a friend in Columbia Heights, Minnesota, who gave $1,000 for the very first time. For the very first time. Very first time. Got off the sidelines of passive listening and into the active giving community here at Faith Radio. So thank you so very much. Barbara from North Branch, Minnesota, thank you for your online gift of $50. Eric from Albany, Wisconsin, uh, gave uh, gave the same 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 size gift, fifty dollars there uh, at the uh, at myfaithradio.com. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then a friend from Sun Prairie, thank you for your sixty five dollar one time gift, Greg. We don't know where Greg's from, but he gave. Thank you so much for your generous gift online. Nora from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Uh, again, thanks for thanking us for all we do. Programs are life transforming, mm. uh, she says. So thank you for your generous gift. Michael from Simsbury, Connecticut. Hey, hey, Michael. Good uh, morning. Hey. Uh, $100 gift. And then uh, a friend from Lodi. 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 Yeah, I know. Lodi. Lodi, California. Thank Love you it. so much for your generous, generous gift. You know, there's now a show called Lodi, so people think that's, that's now Loki. Lodi. Oh, low-key. Low-key. <laughs> uh, when I think of low-key, I think of things that are like mellow, low-key. That's not the, that's no, no, the low-key low key there not advertising now. Yeah. Joe Dean from Pelican Rapids, uh, Minnesota, checking in with a $600 gift online at MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you so much, Joe Dean. Lisa Noel uh, came forward. We don't, we don't know from where, but thank you so much. A uh, new giver at a $200 giving level. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. David and Jody from Lansing, Illinois. New givers. Checking in with a $100 gift. Um, thankful that God has used you to help me understand that I need to fight, that mm-hmm. he is faithful, that right. I fail, but he never fails. Right. Praise God in Jesus' name. God bless you and your, and your families in Jesus' name. And Stay true to him. He sustains you. Yeah, Jody uh, and and David, thank you um, so very, 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 very much. I really appreciate that. All right. And finally, Betty from Woodbury, thank you for your generous gift last night as well. Woo! Woo! 
What All right. are you going to do? I know, do? I know. That was a little bit of a mini thanks party, and we've been uh, leaving Than Bennett uh, hanging and waiting on the line, so he's going to join us next. Um, the podcast is The Equipped. You can hear it Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central, right? We love to talk to our friend Than Bennett. He is the host of a podcast here on the Faith Radio Network called The Equipped. You can obviously uh, subscribe to it, um, but you can listen to it as well right here on the Faith Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central on Saturday. Fan, welcome back. Carmen, Paul, it's uh, so good to hear your, what, what did you call it, your happy, exhausted voices? To- is that to- what you this said? Is, totally. This is, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing, like, total happy exhaustion. Whew. I totally resemble that remark. I, I love feel, it. I love it, love I, it. I feel like parents who have um, have babies, they just live in a state of happy exhaustion. Oh, man. I Okay. Now now you've you've struck a chord with me because we, we foster newborns. We don't have one right now. Wow. But so that's like a perpetual state. And then here's the thing, like placing the child in an adoptive family is an amazing blessing. But I'll tell you what's the double blessing. That first night of sleep. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, oh, I love the way that you format your newsletter and folks can subscribe to Than's newsletter at thanbennett.com. Um, I love the way that you that you begin with the true. So lead us into the true. I, I love this. Um, some assembly required. Yeah, you've got to start with truth. And, and you did that with your show today as well. But uh, yeah, this week we wrote about, uh, I, I call it uh, three of the most dreaded, fearful words in the hearts of every parent on Christmas morning. Some assembly required, right? If you are a parent, uh, you know about this. You, you've, you've picked out the perfect gift. Your child has unwrapped it. And then all of a sudden you realize it's got to be assembled, right? And that little word at the front, some, some assembly, that means it's going to take you the rest of the day, right? And then it, it only gets worse if the batteries are not included. You might have to actually drive around town, in, you know, in your pajama pants to, to actually complete this gift. But as I was thinking about that this week, Carmen, it really reminded me of many of the gifts that were given in Scripture. I mean, we... Mm. We serve a God who gives freely. There, there aren't strings attached, but he also wants to stretch us. He wants to, wants to grow us. And so he gives us gifts that require our walking out of a new discipline. And I just, I wanted to draw out one specific example from scripture, and it's a very familiar one. It's Ephesians 6 when Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he talks about one of the greatest spiritual gifts possible, the spiritual armor, how we need to put on the spiritual armor every day. But Carmen, I, you know, I, I mean, you've probably noticed this before, but I, I don't know that I had. After Paul describes this amazing gift of the spiritual armor that can equip us twice, Immediately following the description of those gifts, he asks the Ephesian church to pray for him that he would be able to overcome fear. Mm. So you have Paul, author of most of the New Testament, the man who you know, had a direct encounter with the voice of Jesus on the road to Damascus, admitting that even while he has this spiritual armor, he is sometimes afraid. And so just very succinctly, this would be my challenge to those listening— God has given you great gifts. He's given them to you freely. He has not given you a spirit of fear. But that does not mean that there aren't moments where fear will arise and there might be some assembly required. You need to put on that full armor of God 
But then, Carmen, I think sometimes in order to stretch ourselves and in order to grow in the graces that God has offered us, there is some courage that is also required. So I have a um, spiritual mentor. Uh, she's actually the mom of a friend of mine from high school, and her name is Camille McCorder, and she lives in Tampa, Florida. And um, this is a number of years ago, and she just, you know, asked in ministry, like, how could I be praying for you? And I offered up Ephesians 619 as my answer to her, qu- mm. her to her question. So, you know, Camille, please pray, you know, for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And she answered by saying, only if you can assure me that as I'm praying, you have already done what God has commanded in putting on the full armor. Amen. Like they, there's the, there, there is, this is a two, this is God gives the armor. Um, he expects us to put it on. Um, and then once you've put it on, invite your friends to be praying for you, right? Your, your fellow Christians to be praying for you um, that you can walk not only blamelessly, but fearlessly um, out into the world um, where, where you're going to make a difference on his behalf. It's just awesome. So um, what do you do when you're facing fear? First of all, are you, are you taking advantage of what God has offered? Are you putting on the full armor of God? And then are you asking your friends to pray that you would have the courage to stand and to speak? That's, uh, that's the beautiful lesson from Ephesians chapter 6 from our friend Than Bennett this morning. Next, we're going to jump into some of the headlines of the day, bring the mind of Christ to bear. Um, is there going to be a government shutdown? Uh, maybe. If so, so what? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. So glad you are listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is Bill Arnold. I would love for you to check out my podcast in the afternoons. It's called Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Spent the entire marketing budget coming up with that name. But we do scripture engagement and have lots of fun. Make sure you can check it out at MyFaithRadio.com. Our friend Than Bennett is here. Um, We've been talking about the reality that some assembly is required. Ephesians 6 uh, is the text for that conversation. You can find more at ThanBennett.com. Than, we have an incredible uh, listening, uh, listening fellowship here. And a friend, Bob Castro, in Wisconsin texted in about this conversation let us be reminded the battle call of the Avengers is assemble, some assembly required, and the battle cry of Black Panther is, mm-hmm. Yabambe. Thank you. Yabambe, uh, which is the actual African uh, word for stand in, in a particular wow. African dialect, obviously. So there you go. There you go. Something to, something to add to the conversation. All right. Um, we, uh, many of us live in the United States of America, and actually everyone around the world is probably equally concerned that it's possible that the U.S. government might be entering into what we call a shutdown. Now, to be fair, the entire government is not going to shut down uh, if Congress doesn't get to the place where they can agree on a budget. But, Than, um, kind of read us in, brief us in on where we are and what will happen if the government, if the U.S. government shuts down. Yeah, well, first of all, I wish I'd have brought my oldest son, Jude, out to the studio with me this morning because he could have participated in that (laughs) Avengers uh, conversation much better than I can. But uh, yeah, you're right, Carmen. I I, I think we can now conclusively say that at least in some, to some extent, the government is going to shut down on uh, Saturday evening as the September 30th comes to an end. Even last night, there was furious activity in the House of Representatives trying to come up with a solution that could pass both the House and the Senate and be signed by the president that would avert this shutdown. They, they passed three more spending bills and are trying to work on what's called a continuing resolution. But, you know, honestly, I'm not going to spend too much time there because here, here's the bottom line. They're, they're not going to reach a deal in time for that deadline. So there is going to be a shutdown. 
but I love how you tease this going into the break. If so, so what? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want this to bleed into a, a statement that this is a responsible way to go, uh, to run the government because it's not. It, it, every every household needs a budget. You need to be able to uh, decide how to spend your money. This is not how we should be approving our spending. However. The reality of next week, when all of us wake up on Monday morning and the government is very likely still technically shut down, the reality is that for 99.9% of us, you won't even notice the difference unless you're tuned in to 24-hour news. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're planning to, to, to visit a federal museum next week, it's possible that they might be closed or have altered hours. Uh, if you need to make changes to one of your federal accounts, you know, recipient uh, information, that may be more difficult. But you will hear things like Social Security payments won't go out or Medicare payments won't go out. Carmen, it's just not true. Not true. Those things are on the mandatory side of the ledger. They are deemed essential and they will continue. Now, again... I want to double back and say there are some unfortunate consequences that would start to roll down. And I would point you first to mid-October when uh, some of our military service members would start to have some disruption in how their payroll is dispensed. That is that is not acceptable. That is a that is a painful instance. But here's what I want to drill down on this week. Anxiety is going to be really, really artificially elevated uh, among people around us. And I think we as Jesus followers should be able to offer them peace by giving them two things. One, an education on what is actually happening rather than what they are being told through some of the fear mongering that happens. And then also just offering them a, a peace that surpasses all understanding by offering them Jesus. So as anxiety rises around us because of this shutdown, let's provide a different way. Let's offer a peace that passes all understanding. I love that. I love that. Than we've got a couple of minutes left um, to cover to cover one more topic. So I'm wondering if um, if you can brief us in quickly and maybe give us a, give us a thoughtful way of responding um, as well um, to um, to the second presidential debate that took place uh, night before last. Yeah, sure. So there were there were seven candidates that appeared on the second uh, presidential debate stage for the GOP. President, former President Trump again decided to forego the debate. He has a big lead in the polls. Didn't feel the need uh, to be there. And you know, I, I got to tell you, Carmen, I've been in this business for a long time, but these these debates are increasingly hard to watch. They just are. Um, I don't find them to be a particularly good forum to evaluate a candidate's you know, character or their platform or their integrity. I think some of the things that you, that they prepare behind the scenes might be more useful. However, I would just give you very quickly uh, two main thoughts. One, it's an incredible privilege that we have to self-govern. Hmm. And as much responsibility as candidates have that step forward to lead, we really have the greater responsibility to self-govern and to evaluate these candidates and their platforms. And secondly, and, and just very briefly, I really think it's worth it for Jesus followers to really work to resist this cultural norm of of animosity and acrimony. If we do that, Carmen, it's going to fly in the face of what is culturally acceptable. But I look around and I don't actually want to achieve the impact in the political space that culture is having. I want to have a different impact. So even if sort of resisting that acrimony and and digging in in a more substantive way is, is mocked by the culture around me, 
I actually see that as a sign that, that hopefully my impact in this space will be different than that which is modeled around me. That's so good. Um, one of the things that I just ask people when they want to talk about, you know, the debate, I just, I just say, can we just pause just briefly and let's just, let's actually talk about what's worthy of debate among Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like before we talk about what people are debating, like what for, for us as Christians, like what, what's actually up for debate? I mean, you know, is it, and then maybe let's talk about the things that are not up for debate. And what would the world look like if the things that are not up for debate were actually persuasive in the culture that we live in? Because that's what we're called to do. We're, we're called to bring forward those those non-debatable things into a culture that's just rife with acrimony. So, um, yeah, so thank you for that good word today. Thank you for um, bringing the truth to bear in life. Um, and thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Carmen, love being with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's mutual. That's Than Bennett. You can find him and the resources we talked about today at Than Bennett. Lots of ends. There's two ends in Than. There's two ends in Bennett. So thanbennett.com. You uh, also would really heartily invite you to listen to the Equipped. It's Than's podcast here on the Faith Radio Network. You can find it at myfaithradio.com. And you can listen at 4 p.m. Central Time on Saturdays. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, what are you working on? What are you working on? How's God working on you? Where are you headed today? What kind of work do you do? Now, those are so different than asking, where do you work or what do you do? I know it might just be a slight shift, but it's a it's a world of difference in how you ask someone where they spend the majority of their life's time. What are you working on versus where do you work or what do you do? Where are you headed Versus, um, you know, versus what do you do? What kind of work do you do versus where do you work? Do you see the difference? How can we begin asking people more open-ended, positive questions about where they're spending the majority of their life's time? Um, Because, you know, where we work is not who we are. Actually, what we do is not who we are. But in the culture, people tend to think of themselves, at least some people tend to think of themselves, as what they do. It's, a, it's actually why, you know, we have people in the culture whose last names are things like Farrier, because that's what they did, or Smith, because that's what they did, right? And so when you think about <clears throat> names, even, um, uh, you know, names were attached to people, surnames were attached because of what people did. Now, that is not how, um, you know, names are passed along today, but I want you to think about the way our identity is sometimes captured in our work. Um, and then what else is going on in the heart of a human being who is at work? Because we carry all the other stuff of life with us when we enter our workplace. This week, I've been carrying into my workplace while you and I have been spending four days together in the Faith Radio Fall Fundraiser. My heart has been at home where my very nearly 18-year-old has, uh, you know, been um, pretty much by himself. Right? Well, I've been here because Jim's out west. Scary. Right? He's out west hunting. And so you think to yourself, well, that's a little scary. Well, now, keep in mind, I do have adult children who just live, you know, 50 acres away. So it's not, you know, it's a little bit different because it's a little tribal where I live. Um, But, you know, that has been on my heart all this week. I got a freshman in college that's been on my heart all this week. I brought it all to work with me. We take what's going on in our life with us to work. But but then at work, you know, we do what we do. We put our nose to the grindstone. We do our thing. We don't necessarily want to let all of that come out in the workplace because 
well, we don't want to be that vulnerable. We don't want people at work to think we're not working. Work has become a kind of a thorny topic in the last few years. And um, and so who do you turn to at work when you are anxious, when you are stressed, when something has gone horribly awry in your relationships at home or on and on and on and on and on? What happens to our work? What happens to our care for ourselves? What happens to um, what's going on around us when we're not right? And then who do we talk to about that? We don't want it to end up in our personnel file, right? We don't really want to go to HR. Well, have you heard of marketplace chaplains? Do you have a chaplain at work? Wouldn't that be a great thing? That's what we're going to talk about next with my friend Ron Henry, Executive Director of Expansion for Marketplace Chaplains. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I want to introduce you to my friend Ron Henry. And I don't want to describe him as what he does, but of course, that's uh, that's always the temptation, is it not? We describe people by what they do. Um, Ron is here this morning to talk about a ministry that he is passionate about, one in which he also serves, and it's called Marketplace Chaplains. Ron, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, my pleasure to be here this morning. This is great. I love your passion. Talk with us about um, why chaplains might be necessary in the workplace and um, what what need a chaplain fulfills, um, you know, for folks that are just really struggling uh, in all kinds of ways. And we take that with us to work. Well, it's, it's actually part of life. I mean, if you think the origin of, of Marketplace Chaplains was founded some 40 years ago by a gentleman named Gil Strickland, who was an army chaplain. He was on the frontline soldiers with the, with the forces around the world. And when he stepped down from that role, retired from that role, he said, who's handling the frontline soldiers in the workplace? Mm. How about those 99% of those people that get up every day and go into the workplace carrying issues of their life? Who's helping them navigate? Who, are they, who can they talk to? Who can they speak with who they can trust? Who can they treat, you know, that they can totally you know, trust and, and also someone that they is professionally trained to know how to listen, to know how to respond. And that's really what started this whole movement is that there's hurting people out there. I mean, I mean, it, 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 to me, it comes down to, and think about anyone listening to the show, who do you trust? Who can you go to in a time of need that's not going to judge you, it's not going to preach to you, it's not going to do anything other than just love on you, and help you guide you through this difficult time, no matter whether it's a small little minor thing in life, problem with a child, your car broke down, you're not feeling well, your supervisor's, you know, has bad attitude, what it is, who can you go to? And this is what the, the marketplace chaplaincy fills that void. Forbes magazine about eight years ago did a survey and they found out that it's over 70% of those people in the workplace do not have a trusted person in their life they can go to in a time of need. And we're talking about life needs. We're not, this is not a, this, this, I don't, I don't care what your faith is or where you are in life, where your lifestyle is, whatever. Everyone has these hurting needs. Who do you go to? Who do you go to sometimes even celebrate something that's good in your life? Do you have that trusted person who will accept you? And that's what it, so if you if if you think about it, if a company owner really does care about their people, why not provide a resource 
so your people can be, need, you know navigate life. And that's and that's what's really evolved today. I mean, it's uh, I think we've added over two hundred new companies this year alone. Wow. That just because people realize they're hurting and they have no one to speak to, and that includes the le- the leadership, the oh, management. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, the owners of the company, you know, they have children, they have marriage issues. Well, and they're not and allowed the, to be vulnerable. Who are they going to talk with? It's a little bit like I think well, about. A, yeah, absolutely. It's not appropriate. No, it's not that's appropriate exactly right. Necessarily. No, it's I mean, totally a supervisor is not trained to, to handle it. They may have the heart to care, but what do they know? So the fact that you have a resource that can do this—that's a—that's gear. Where and the key thing here is, what is the key to me of a trusted relationship? It has to do. It's it's calling is a relationship. Relationship is the core of our faith, and the point is, you have to have contact with someone to develop a trusted relationship. It's not a one-off, hey, I got a problem, I'll call an 800 number. It's a real live person. It's a real live person that, that like Chaplain Mary, who knows me, knows me, knows about my son who's struggling with some issues in his teenage life. To have someone that will smile at me when I once a week when they come by their office and, and know that I can reach out to them 24-7 if I'm just frustrated. I mean, think of the single mom who's trying to carry the load of raising children and who do they call? And uh, so it fulfills a basic human, basic human need, which is having a trusted relationship uh, that's non-judgmental, confidential. Right, so I guarantee you, right now, Ron, there are people listening who are like, "How how do I how do I get that going um, in the place where I work?" And for some folks, you know, they're not in a position to sort of like be the one that makes it happen because they're not uh, in you know, in a, in a particularly like decision-making um, administrative role. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about how, how that kind of person might invite um, the leadership of a company to, uh, to investigate this. But there are people listening who are business owners um, and are in a position to bring marketplace chaplains into their business. So let's, um, let's talk about like, how does it happen? How, how, do, how do I get one of these? How do I get a marketplace chaplain where I work? <laughs> well, the, the the most direct route uh, is is going to the web our website, which has all the information you need. Which so let's is- do this. So let's do this. If you're listening right now, I am more than happy to send you the direct link to the marketplace chaplains website. You guys know how to do this. Just text me eight seven seven nine three three two four. Eight four. I'll text you the direct link for everybody else. And you want to like write it down because you're maybe you're listening to this on the podcast and you say to yourself, Carmen's probably not going to answer me on the text line, you know, at two in the morning. M-C-H-A-P. M-C-A-C. It's like M-CHAP USA. Let's do it that way. M, the letter M, CHAP, like the beginning of Chaplin, USA. M-CHAPUSA.com. All right. I will. I'm more than happy to, to send you the direct link. Just send me a text. All right. So that's the that's the fastest way. Also, when I scroll down there, I see a list of, of some of the companies that um, already, you know, are engaged uh, in this ministry and already utilizing uh, marketplace chaplains. And I see several that I just like immediately recognize and people I know, David Weekly, uh, David Weekly Homes, Cargill, uh, Gordon Food Service, where my uh, my cousin Matt has worked his entire career, Rural King, where we get our baby chicks every spring, like on and on and on, you know, Ping, my favorite golf ball, like let's go down the list. So um, thank you for listing those because I also think that helps us understand, oh, you know, when 
when I've got a friend and they talk with me about how joyful they are at work and the support that they experience, they may be working in an environment where there is a marketplace chaplain. And that's why um, they feel loved and supported in that in that environment. Yeah, the, the stories are just uh, amazing. But also people can email me directly. I mean, uh, they're more than free to reach out to me directly. Uh, that's part of my role if they have specific questions. So you can also share my email address, uh, Carmen. All right, I will do that. I will do that. If you text me, um, I will put you in touch directly with uh, Ron Henry. You can also find him at the Marketplace Chaplains uh, website, mchapusa.com. Tell us one of those stories, Ron. Uh, yes. Oh, God. Where do I? Well, it's like, where do I start? Um, I mean, we just actually you mentioned Rural King. We've been serving them for a few years. All their ninety-five locations, you know, in the, around the middle of the U.S. And they had a, a recent situation where one of their employees, uh, family members, committed suicide. Mm. And um, and it was obviously quite impactful. Well, we had our chaplains were at that that with that employee within twenty-four hours. And just uh, guiding them, but the, more so, we had our chaplains go to the work site where this person works because they're you know they have a front and and actually minister to those other wor- workers how to respond, how to support this worker who just lost a loved one. This you know some so often unexplainable. So we have those kind of things. One story that I just wanted to share that I think is is you know we always you know we have the challenges. We talk about challenges of life, but this story is is a little different. And it had to do with a single mom, and she had befriended our female chaplain for about two years. Our chaplains make dedicated weekly visits to a workplace. So there's this physical contact, if it's, if it's all feasible. And this one Tuesday morning, this single mom runs up to our female chaplain and says, I got to speak to you. I got to speak to you. And the female chaplain immediately going, what's wrong? I mean, you know, she's a little daughter at home. You know, what's the problem? And she said, okay, what, what is it? What do you want to share? She said, I just needed to reach out to tell you that my daughter on Saturday won the dance recital Mm. and you're the only person in my life that I could trust that I know would appreciate it. Mm. Rejoicing with those. Yeah. Well, I know, but rejoicing with those who rejoice, like, right. There's people out there. They don't have anybody to rejoice with them. I know it. Yeah. This is, this is the point of, and, and it transcends the, the element people always get caught up on saying, well, how about people of different faiths and everything? We're that doesn't people. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what that person is. Yeah, that, that doesn't no, matter, it's, right? It's, that yeah. When it comes down to relationships, having a trusted relationship, it just does not matter. And this is the the one thing that 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 a company business owner. I mean, we we have a gentleman who in Dallas who's a confessed strong atheist, and people say, "Why do you have chaplains?" And he goes, "Why wouldn't I have chaplains? I care for my people. This is a resource that cares for your professionally trained resources, and." Uh, I mean, we have over 2,200 serving chaplains today employed by us, over 6,000 work locations. Think about this as you're a person of faith. God shows up at 6,000 work locations every week. Hmm. Every four minutes. Yeah, every four minutes, somebody contacts uh, a marketplace chaplain, Ron. We got to take a very, very brief break. When we come back, we want to hear more stories. Um, we want to, you know, we want to answer some questions that that people are asking. I, I in particular, want to uh, want to talk about resilience and how we can foster resilience in the workplace because, you know, a lot of people just resign. They just there's just like 
even if they don't ever leave their job, they just sort of resign in place. So I want to talk about resilience, um, not just resignation as an answer to um, to what's going on at work. So we're going to continue our conversation with Ron Henry from Marketplace Chaplains. I'm more than happy to send you the direct link and Ron's direct email if you're interested in investigating having Marketplace Chaplains in your place of work. Um, for the rest of you who don't want to text me, which I totally understand, uh, it is USA. So that stands for, you know, like Marketplace chaplain c-h-a-p-u-s-a mchapusa.com and ron is just ron henry at mchapusa.com you're listening to mornings with carmen we'll be right back thanks for listening to the podcast of mornings with carmen as you know this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the faith radio network there's a lot going on at faith radio tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at myfaithradio.com How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. We're talking with Ron Henry, Executive Director of Expansion for Marketplace Chaplains. Um, I want you to check it out and connect with Ron personally. Uh, You guys know we spend, you know, we just spend a huge percentage of our lives at work. We also don't really know how to navigate um, what's going on in our own lives outside of work because we don't want to bring that into the workplace or... Um, you know, we're that person who other people bring their stuff from home into the workplace and then we run from them. Like, right. There's all of that going on in the mix of our workplace environments and our work relationships. People need, um, they need people to navigate, uh, through difficult patches with them. They need people to celebrate with them. Marketplace chaplains just come alongside every employee. They come alongside every employee, regardless of, uh, you know, or where they are in terms of faith or no faith. Like, right, it's available to everyone in a particular, um, you know, in a particular work environment, work community. And these marketplace tra- chaplains are trained um, and they walk alongside those frontline um, soldiers in the workplace. And it's a trusted individual, um, you know, again, professionally trained, entering into relationships with uh, with every employee. And obviously employees can turn to them for support whenever they need it. Also, you know, I think it's a wonderful supplement um, to to the challenges that we sometimes face in um, in a work environment where there is a, a very needy person and we don't really know how to get all the work done that needs to be getting done because that person is consuming a lot of work time with personal things. Like all of that's in the mix. I mean, I, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about because we all live there. So Ron, talk with us, um, talk with us a little bit about resilience, um, how, how we can foster resilience in the workplace where, you know, frankly, a lot of people have just reached the point of resignation. Even if they're not leaving their jobs, they're sort of resigning in place. Well, I, there's, a, there's a term um, that's very relevant today called presenteeism, where mm. people are physically physically at, at, at their place of work, but not mentally there. And uh, so we, there's numerous times where what, 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 what we're saying is people just don't have, feel like they have a purpose. They don't have, a, uh, there's no hope in what their work is. So through the, the having a trusted relationship, having a relationship with the you know, with a chaplain who they can just talk about life. They can talk about things that are heavy on their life 
it opens up. It's almost like opening up the sky. All of a sudden, they go, "Wait, I do have a purpose here." You know, uh, you know. Instead of being so inwardly focused on their own issues, they now have ability to see that there's a reason they're here at work. There's a purpose they're here at work, and that there there are people here that care about them. I don't think there's anything more powerful in any of our lives to know that we have somebody who cares about us in our life, and that's just. I mean, we we don't have hard data. We have a lot of soft data that the utilization of, of a care, you know, care provider actually, you know, increase lowers the presenteeism issues, increases job satisfaction, uh, reduces turnover, reduces absenteeism. I mean, think about that 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 the parent who's worried about their kid at home and sick and just needs to talk to somebody about it knowing they have something to talk about and get perspective so they can come to work and be present versus taking the day off. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And then you run out of days that you can take off and then you're just super stressed oh, and, you're, and you're at work, even though you need to be somewhere else. And yeah, it's it's really, really incredibly difficult. And, you know, and that presses in on others who then, you know, sort of feel feel guilty on your behalf. And that, you know, and that it, 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 that's destructive and painful in the work environment as well. So um, having some uh, proactive and positive strategies in place, such as this kind of support from uh, a chaplain care team. Um, it's really essential in uh, in the work environment today. Um, I wonder, you know, when you interact with and you talk with um, business owners and, you know, the folks who are responsible for the care of employees, I'm, I'm just assuming, Ron, that, you know, you just hear such like gratitude and um, a sense of relief from people in in HR and uh, and in management. Oh, when people, it's really a hard issue, uh, Carmen. When the leadership, when you feel the pain of your people, mm. and you know there's somebody that can help you, their pain, it is a relief. I mean, I'm, you know, many people refer to us as HR's best friend because the, the heart of an HR leader is the people, but they don't necessarily have the time, resources, or training. But to know that there's someone out there, or even a manager of a supervisor out on the floor of a machine shop knows that, you know, John is struggling there and he doesn't know what to do. He, you know, his, his kid's been in and out of rehab and da 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 da. To know that he says, well, you know, hey, Chaplain, Chaplain Frank, can, can you uh, reach out to, to him and just uh, see what it is? Because our service is voluntary to the employee, so they don't have to, but it's there. And, and so, Repeatedly, we see this situation where you have a resource to go to. It's just like in our faith. I mean, we have we have a God to go to. You know, it's 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 similar to just a basic life. Who do you go to? Mm-hmm. And to have someone you can go to, uh, it's. I mean, the utilist, uh, Harmon, in in the companies to which we have been serving over the years, within a year of serving that company. Over 50% of the employees will have reached out to engage with a chaplain with hmm. an issue. That's amazing. Over 50% utilization. This doesn't show you there's a need. Hmm. And That's it's, amazing. Even even during the times of the, you know, the rough thing we've had economically during COVID and other things, we continue to serve. I just love that. I mean, they, a lot of companies deleted a lot of programs, but they said our people need help more than ever now during this time period. Yeah, I'm so, thinking about I'm thinking about friends who we know are listening right now who are business owners. <laughs> I'm thinking about a guy that owns a trucking company. I know he's listening right now. I think of a, of a guy that you know manages a uh, a production line um, for um, 
uh, for Caterpillar. Um, and I, you know, like I know they're listening right now cause they text in all the time and they're like, Hey, we're out here and you know, we're dealing with this. And, um, thinking about our, our friend in Wisconsin that owns a machine shop. And I'm, I'm just like, you know, there's just so many spaces and places. I mean, you know, there's obviously folks listening right now in, in the education sphere and in healthcare, cause that's who's driving to work right now. Farmers are listening and you might be saying to yourself, I don't really have a, I don't really necessarily have a, an upstream line in terms of being a farmer. Um, but you know what, you're a part of a, of a community of of believers and we love you and we want to be a resource for you and we want to see you resourced as well. Marketplace Chaplains is available and um, and we want people to get connected and engaged. And so I'm inviting you, you know, Ron is my friend. I trust him um, and I'm trying to introduce you to my friend Ron Henry today and this extraordinary ministry of Marketplace Chaplains. So please let me connect you um, with Ron uh, and he'd love to talk with you more about the specific situation in your work environment and, and, and help you get connected to Marketplace Chaplains. Uh, MCHAPUSA is the website, MCHAPUSA.com. That's for Marketplace Chaplains, USA.com. You can reach out to Ron directly. His email is ronhenry at MCHAPUSA.com. And again, if you want me to send you those direct links, I'm happy to do so on the text line, 877-933-2484. Um, Ron, thank you. Um, thank you so much. I just uh, genuinely appreciate it. Well, thank you for allowing me just to share this few minutes with you because this is this life is a life is to be lived to its fullest, and uh, we all want to have that for every one of us. Amen. Amen. All right, um, that's Marketplace Chaplains. We got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. We're going to talk a little bit about the worldview inv- in implications of the largest Hindu temple in the world outside of India. Guess where it's opening? Mm-hmm. That'd be Robbinsville, New Jersey. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. (laughs) Um, All right, friends. um, We do have another hour of Mornings with Carmen coming up next. We're going to spend a few minutes at the uh, the opening of the hour doing what we love to do, which is bring the mind of Christ to bear on some of the headline news of the day. And, um, And so if you've got a news item that you'd like to hear me riff about, you know, you can text me, 877-933-2484. That may be a little fun way to engage with each other today. And again, I want to say thank you again to uh, to the, you know, more than, than 1,300 people who participated in this year's Faith Radio Fall fundraiser and brought forward their best gift. If you didn't get a chance to do that during the fundraiser, you know, there's still time. Uh, you can text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.